Hey, what's happening? You're listening to Tutia Bruja. I'm Bex Carlos. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about all of the different things that I've been able to do because of this podcast. And it's been such a year of reflection, dude. It's been such a year of reflection. You know, it's February. Happy Black History Month. I know that this is taking a little bit to say. Trust me, I tried to say it a lot earlier. I was in limbo and I couldn't release an episode because, you know what, I'm going to tell you all the details about that. I'm also going to release an episode about Robert Johnson next. I have like four episodes ready for the launch, but this one had to come out today. I love when other people's accountability can help me keep accountable. I've been transitioning through a lot of stuff, y'all. Um... Health-wise, I'm doing a lot better, but moving has been a blessing, not a curse, but definitely a realization of the ways that living in a, you know, first world country really does spoil us. So I've been getting used to that and I do like it. I do feel like it is a humbling in a lot of ways. And I don't know, I feel like I'm becoming more Mexican, like my Mexican meter is going beep, 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 beep. And that isn't to say that I wasn't always Mexican, because obviously I am, but I love being able to be more immersed in the culture and being able to just have more things come to me that like make my experience unique. Like right now I'm really into and I need to actually Shazam when it drives by but all of the different barrels for the tourists in tequila go by. And a lot of them play what I call Mexican carnival EDM music. And it's like, you know, sometimes violins or like drumming or like a trumpet. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's cool, you know? And um, there is such a variety of music that I'm just so excited to explore. And I mean, like I say this all the time, I am an audio witch and people are like, no, my background, is an audio, you know, audio is so important to me, having it sound good, the fact that it is verbal medicine, you know, like we connect with each other over these stories. And it's so empowering. And I think that this is to say, this is why our generation and the generation like I'm a millennial and the generations after are more willing and inclined to go into like being a witch or go into being a paranormal investigator or talking about folklore of Mexico or Latin America like today's guest. Today, I am so excited. We I feel like no one can ever say I'm not a patient person because I am as long as communication is involved. And today's guest, Aiden or Adrian, whichever you prefer, Castellanos, you know, he is the host of Susto. And it's been so interesting because I think the Mexican-American, Mexican, Latin, Latinx, you know, I really try to support all of these different creators because I think that we're all doing really rad stuff. One thing that I can say about Adrian is that I really loved watching him get involved more in the paranormal scene, getting more into making fun, like haunted cocktails. I think when you are someone who just loves to create, you will figure out any type of avenue to do that in. And I totally relate to that. And it's been such a cool journey to watch as you know, he does all of these things. And today's conversation was really cool because we talk about 
the difficultness of being a creator because you still got to pay the bills, you know, it's hard. And uh, living off your art is I'm doing it right now. And it's the first time in a long time. And it's a very beautiful feeling, but it's also very scary. And sometimes it's like there isn't a safety net and we're figuring it out, you know, him and I and uh, we talk about some of the fun side gigs that you need to take sometimes to keep that dream alive. Let's get into the episode. The one thing about Capricorn season is it shows you where you're fucking up. And so I'm really excited. (laughs) Aiden or Adrian, whichever you prefer. Either way. Yeah. uh, Castellanos is on the podcast. So thank you for being on Tutia Bruja. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Hey, ghoul friends. (laughs) Okay, can I just say that off the top that I love how fluidly you let people know that there's several things they can call you because I think one of the things of the Mexican-American identity is that you sometimes have people call you a lot of different things, right? Because some people call me Bex, some people call me Rebecca, some people who won't stop calling me Becky call me that sometimes. In Mexico, they call me Rebe. I have so many names you know and so (laughs) it's just one of those things so I love that you've just been like call me what you want (laughs) oh yeah and those are just like the two main ones that definitely like yourself there are a few others that I get but I'm like that'll be too long of a list for for everybody else so I keep it to those two main ones for sure so if you don't mind for people who are not familiar with you or your work which Susto's amazing. If you haven't checked it out, everybody please do. It is stories about mythology and different creatures from Latin America. We were talking before the cast that you did an episode about Cementerio de Belén, which is in Guadalajara, and I'm about, you know, an hour from there. You cover so many different topics. What's been a few that have really hit close to home that you've really enjoyed? This question is is always hard to answer because I feel like the answer always up dates. My first episode of the new year in 2024 was a resurrection of La Llorona. And that was the very first episode that I did. And I feel like I've come such a long way as a storyteller, as a podcaster, retelling that story. This is a story that survived centuries, retold and retold. Sure, there are different variations based on who's telling it. But that story kind of like it remains the same most of the time or for the most parts. You know, you can look at it with a really kind of heavy feminist perspective. You can think of it from the perspective of cultural preservation. You can talk about the nuances and the complexities and the the trauma of colonialism and genocide. There's like there's so many different ways to look at it which I think happens with a lot of the stories that I tell on the show. But that again, because I just produced that or reproduced that episode recently, I've been able to kind of have those conversations again with myself. I love that. And I love that you said that the story of La Llorona, it does have so many different, you know, ways that you can look at it. I really loved that a while back ago, there was the rendition of the film from Guatemala. And it was sort of a new Mm. take on the story, but it just made so much sense. And it really does remind me that I had lunch with my tios today and it's so funny to me how quickly a normal conversation about just like, oh, the weather and this and that will soon turn to espantos and fantasmas and duendes (laughs) and lo que no se explica. And, you know, it's like there's been a lot of, you know, different things that, you know, our ancestors had to overcome, political conflicts. I mean, here in Tequila, it was a big site for the Cristelo War, La Guerra Cristela, and like 
Father Toribio was murdered here. Mexico's history is so nuanced and it's so complicated and beautiful and tragic. And you can just see if like this is how it is in one town in Mexico. You know, all of Latin America has that. And our stories are very unique and different, but also very similar, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But what started Susto, you know? It's been really cool to see you grow and and progress and your show's gotten so much better. You Like you said yourself, you know, you've become a lot more comfortable with the stories you're telling and I think with the product you're putting out and you make cocktails. Like, you do so much and I think that's cool. <laughs> growing and growing and growing and it's like a cool thing to see. So what started the foundational Susto that's led to everything else? Well, thank you for all of that, but... Yeah, I mean, it's I've always wanted to do like my my dream in life. And even since I was a kid, you know, I was a, a very much a theater kid. I've always wanted to be like an entertainer. I've always wanted to produce something, some form of entertainment. And then as I got older, I started getting really into like digital content creation. I started listening to podcasts in mid 2000s, maybe like 2015 or something or other like that, you know, as Latina people. And I'll speak for myself as a Mexican person growing up on the border without the conversation going to ghost stories. And, you know, some random tia is like, I saw the devil on the ranch yesterday. (laughs) So (laughs) it's hard to escape those conversations. And I love it. I love those conversations. So when I started listening to podcasts, I started looking for a show that was covering these stories that I heard growing up. So it started very specific to a desire for those stories from my region of Texas, the Texas-Mexico border. And um, I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. I had a very specific vision or sound in my head. You know, I had this pretty robust background in digital production, digital content creation, and I'm a Virgo rising. So I said, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> and uh, I kind of just like stuck with it because it it started with very much with those stories. My first episodes, if you go back and listen, are La Llorona, The Girl Who Danced with the Devil, Chupacabras, Duendes. And in starting to do the show, I started seeing connections to the folklore of other cultures in the Latina and the Hispanic diaspora, because that diaspora is so rounded out and it's so like rich with so many different cultures, so many different like regions and different communities and down to different neighborhoods, you know, and so it was so interesting to make those connections to places of the world, places in the diaspora that I thought I never really maybe even thought about or didn't think that I could make a connection to. And then furthermore, when I started exploring those cultures, I started making connections to cultures around the world. And so once in a while, I'll dip around and say, you know, you can see ties to, you know, whichever story of that episode to like ancient Greek mythology or to the mythology of German people or, you know, just making these different, like I said, connections. And so, yeah, it it started just really localized, like I said, to make a long story short on the stories that I heard growing up. And it's just kind of blown up to this thing that is much bigger than my own personal experiences. Thank you for sharing. And I want to say that, yes, there's so many stories that like when you do talk to people, we have so many shared experiences, so many shared stories, because you had said one of your episodes was about dancing with the devil. I actually covered that in an episode where I was talking to a guy who does the local because Facebook is so big in Mexico and he does like a tequila en línea. It's what it's called. And so he gives the updates about what's going on. And we had a conversation about Sanobio Sousa and 
I think it's really funny here because everyone has their own rendition. But the thing that makes it, I think, cooler here is that the bar where the woman supposedly danced with the devil and jumped to her death was called El Cielo. So, like, symbolic, obviously. Uh, uh, You know, it's one of those things because the guy had told me, he's like, you know, they tell that everywhere. Right. And I'm like, no, I do. But I do know that. But I'm like, here, I'm like. It would make sense because you're at a bar called in how how like wild and nuanced and niche of a whole situation is it? But yeah, <laughs> but it's it's cool though. I think that you know I think that speaks a lot. Sure, like a lot of this is probably stories that people have heard, but I also do think that a lot of these are like organic experiences that happen and like. Mexico, you know, just in my experience here is so much more haunted, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and this is coming from someone who lives very close to Alton, Illinois, I used to spend a lot of time there. And I think I wonder, right, because these are my ancestors here. They're like, this bitch can hear us, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and it is funny, the weird things I experienced. So I have to ask you, you know, you, you've lived in Texas and, you know, spent a lot of time in Mexico too. Do you have a particular place that you've experienced? I honestly, when I am like outside anywhere, one thing that was on my vision board for this year to be more active and to go outside more. And I mean, I even when I'm walking in and out of my front door and before this year, like there's a tree by my front door. And ever since we moved in, I I'll greet the tree. And so like now that I'm doing these walks because I had them on my vision board, I've been walking every day and I live near some trails. And so just walking through the trees by the water, I just I don't know. It's just that sense of feeling like grounded and no pun intended, but rooted (laughs) to the (laughs) earth again, you know, because I'm out there like literally touching grass. I don't know. I don't know what it is about plants and nature that I'm just like, I, I don't know. There's just that sense of like, this is a living thing. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure what it is. I will also say another thing that tends to happen is, especially one of my best friends, she's noticed this, is every time we would hang out, whether it was her house, at my house, anywhere, something kind of strange always seems to happen. She, she kind of like gets upset, but laughs about it. And she says, it's always when I'm around you. She says, it's only you that these things happen. <laughs> and I don't know what you have around you that makes these things happen, but there's something going on. So, and not to be like main character about it, but I kind of feel like, you know, wherever I am, I've, I've always felt some sort of natural connection or some like natural intuition that I've kind of carried with me. And I think that has also lent itself to the interest behind the show, Susto. You just have a loan, you know, like there's nothing wrong there, with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had to work like so many odd jobs because I'm a creative person and I feel like sometimes just the creative stuff doesn't pay the bills. So you always have to have like different things. So working in bar and editing audio was something I always did. Another one that was an odd job that I really enjoyed actually was being a dog walker and a house sitter. And I know that you had a time where you did that as well. Yeah, there was a moment when actually when I bought my my new computer, it's time for an upgrade and I need to be able to be able to keep making the show. My old computer, you know, it could have done, but I was like, I need something that's gonna be future-proof, you know, as I invest more in the show. So decided to get a new computer. I, you know, was lucky enough to have it approved for like on a credit line, but I didn't want it to be my money that was paying for it (laughs) exactly. So yeah, yeah, I picked up a dog walking or dog, dog walking and cat sitting on that Rover app. And yeah, it helped me make the payments while I adjusted to like a new salary. I had also just moved uh, recently before that. And so I was like, all right, I I need to have something to kind of cushion, you know, that that payment. 
it helped me pay off uh, at least like half of the laptop. And then I, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm, I've kind of like secured myself financially. I've, I've balanced out. I'm in a good place where I can like make these payments with my own money, so to speak. <laughs> Dude, I love the simplicity that, you know, it is. It's like, it's not a job where you think a lot. Like you're just kind of bonding with a cute little animal for a little bit. I really enjoyed pet sitting when I was like staying the night there overnight and keeping them company because that allowed for me to like edit audio and just like play with them and it, you know it was very low key but the reason that this has been something heavy on my mind and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts about it is I want to share a story with you because you worked for Rover I worked for a small business a woman owns it and so I worked for her for probably like three years or something when I was like doing radio work and so I was like juggling three jobs at the time, but I worked for her. And uh, one time I remember I was watching one of the dogs and I had to go to the basement and mm. I had a ball <laughs> that I had up there with the dog and I didn't see it like bounce down or anything like that. And all of a sudden when I was like getting a towel, it was on the ground next to me Mm -mm. and it was very bizarre and it made me feel very uncomfortable and there was a particular place in the basement where it just made me feel like something was watching me and I and I kept it to myself and I didn't think a whole lot of it and I went upstairs and I was done so years later when I left my dad ended up taking over for a bit uh because he needed something to help keep him active he's really great with animals you know he's very punctual and you know like again he's older it keeps like him going And we were talking because we had, you know, had overlap of some of the dogs we had worked with. And he was telling me about how he had had an overnight at this particular house, the client or or whatever. And I was like, when you go in the basement, do you feel really, really uncomfortable? Like something's watching you? And he was like, my dad drinks wine and he's drinking a glass of wine. He kind of just laughs to himself. And he's like... I mean, you're not, you don't think you're the only one that has the don now, do you? And it was just so (laughs) funny. It was just so funny because my mom talks about her, like, you know, paranormal um, experiences all the time. I talk about mine, but my dad tends to keep very quiet about his, Mm -hmm. but he's a Scorpio. And so I feel like he's just kind of a mysterious guy and he doesn't tell you everything until he needs to. Um, Yeah. Holding his cards close. Yeah. And so he kind of mentioned that. I think that that sometimes is the scariest thing when you do experience something paranormal and an animal confirms it. Uh, Mm -hmm. My cat would always be the worst at that. We lived in a building that was super fucking haunted. Like, it would be bad enough when I would stare over at a space and just had this feeling that, like, something is not right. But then when the cat would, like, you know, without me looking over there would do it, I was like, oh, shit. So (laughs) so I'm curious, you know, did you experience weird things that pets, like, confirmed or, like, you know, just kind of solidified your suspicions about something odd? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that it happens... Like, it's just, I feel like it's inevitable if you have an animal, because I feel like animals and children, you know, those are always the ones that are in tune to something else that most people are not. I'm not sure if I can recall one specifically, but I know, like, you know, it's generally a thing that has happened growing up. You know, we've had animals or pets my whole life growing up. I have a cat now. And the thing with, with ours right now, though, is if she'll look out the window, like if she hears something, and if I hear something too, we live our back patio, there's there's like a creek there, and there's a bunch of trees. So there's always like birds, squirrels, raccoons. So anytime something happens like that, I just kind of convince myself that it's one of the animals outside. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. It's like, I'm not gonna think about that water is a conduit and there is a natural source of water in our backyard. I'm not gonna think about that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, it's a bird or something that she is seeing out there that I can't see. 
I will say also, especially because one of the rooms in our downstairs area, there's like a sheer curtain and they're big glass sliding doors. And so we were like, oh, you know, it'll be really nice, you know, for like when the sun comes up, the sun will shine into that room. It's a sheer curtain. But at night, <laughs> it just looks black out there. I cannot see outside. But if there was like someone standing right out there, they, they could be just staring inside and I can't see them. Ooh. So yeah, that's why I'm just like, it's got to be an animal. You know, there's those moments where she looks outside and I'm like, no, she's like, she's definitely just like bird watching or something at night. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we don't think about it. She's fine. I'm fine. We're yeah, fine. I'm not going to name it. I'm not going to name it. <laughs> oh my God. Paranormal, you know, things and scary things. I just, I truly love it. Can I ask you, what is one of your goals with the building of Susto that you're aiming to do this year? Oh, man, I have so many goals. I have so like I have little ones, big ones, like benchmarks that I want to meet. But I mean, so I think generally and the thing that I have started working on as of like the last half of last year, I got the ball rolling on that. And I have a couple things lined up for for this coming year also is to do more in person events and to host more in person events. I say that it's a little funny. And it's like this full circle moment. At its core, Susto is its storytelling and the tradition of oral storytelling in many cultures. But again, in my own experience in Latinx cultures, it's a very strong, long-standing tradition. And so I like to remind people that I have not created anything new. I'm not inventing anything with Susto. I have just taken it to like, I'm using my skills as a digital content creator and I've formatted it in this way, I guess I'll say. So my, my goal starting last year was to kind of, again, this thing that is an it's it's like an in-person face-to-face thing at its core the tradition took it to a digital space and now i'm trying to bring it back to <laughs> an in-person space and i've done a couple of events where i've been able to host essentially what are susto's very first live shows i've been so grateful to the austin public library to my friends at the paranormal Butas, they've helped me set up live events and uh, to get people in a space and tell them these stories but not only just tell them but to invite them if anybody's listened to susto or if you haven't listened to, to susto part of it is storytelling and then part of it is having a conversation about the origins of those stories or what they might mean in a larger context so in doing these events i'm able to have that conversation in real time and to invite people to participate and to ask questions and to bring in their own nuance or their own anecdotes. And so it's been really fun to do that. And I, and I would love to continue that. I think on a larger scale, I want Susto to branch out into like different forms of creation. I mean, I would love a producer credit <laughs> at some point, or I would love to produce like some video, whether it is a series or short film or like a feature length film, like that would be a big kind of like heavy lift that I would love to take on and be a part of. It's one of those things where it's kind of like a, I think a fine line to walk when asking creators about their work, because I've had this conversation before where someone said, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about the numbers, right? And I agree to that to a certain extent. But again, because this, what I'm doing is storytelling and I, I want to share these stories. I want to have these conversations with as many people as I, po- as I, as I can, because I'm passionate about it and I think it's important and it's fun for people to tell these stories and have these conversations. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast, right? Is you have to appease the algorithm. 
you have to get the clicks and the listeners and the follows. And so it's teetering this line of kind of feeding that beast again, so to speak, but while maintaining a level of respect for, for the craft. It's an interesting dynamic to work with, <laughs> but I have big dreams and big goals and, and smaller ones that I am accomplishing and I'm hoping to, to keep accomplishing them consistently. I feel like just in watching, you know, from afar, because I feel like we've been following each other for a while. I know we had talked about doing a episode and life is busy you know so i was yeah, like oh, yeah yeah no we'll this get is there. long overdue yeah. and yeah. I, let me just sorry interrupt and say this to anybody who's listening bex is a blessing bex has the patience of an angel or whichever you know high vibrational creature you want to say <laughs> um i'm just like i'm so because yeah trying to get to this point of making this happen even even up until last week we we're like what's going on <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm so happy that it's finally happening because, yeah, we have been following each other for a while and this is long overdue. So I hope everybody's enjoying it so far. Honestly, if they're not, I am. So hopefully. Same. Honestly, that's all that matters right now. Yeah, because (laughs) I I feel like it's one of those things, right? Like there's and we, we said this when we were like creating stuff like. There's room for everyone to create. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I saw this thing that it's like, if you feel like other people, uh, you're competing with other people, then you've already proven that you don't really trust what you're doing, right? Yeah, and And I exactly. think that person that I am, like, I'm the type of person that I'm probably going to, like, at some point, like, pick up a harmonica and fuck around with it. And, you know, I'm into, like, <laughs> podcasting and I get really into, like, making, like, drink menus and I get really into infusing you know, foods and being creative with it. And I get into podcasting again. And, you know, so it's really like, you got to catch me (laughs) when I'm like on a roll with a specific thing. And, uh, you know, it's like you said, it is having a respect for the craft, but it's also just allowing that like the artist is allowed to create. Yeah. And uh, from the beginning, I feel like yours has just been this really cool evolution of like, I'm doing this, I'm telling these stories, I'm telling, you know, and like the different ways you would gain stories, like you do paranormal events now, you know, it's just, it's been really cool to like watch it, you know, and I'm just really excited. Let's put it into the universe, right? Because with my show, I've been doing so many different in-person stuff like you, and it's so different. Like you said, like, there's something about building community in person that's so rad. And yeah. like, this isn't to say I don't appreciate the people who listen to this show because I do. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your that you want to share space. But there's something about like the electrifying energy of just like sharing space with people when you can. That's so rad, you know? That, but that's true. There's a different... It's like adding another sense when you're doing it in person. It's just there's something about sharing a physical space with people that just makes it different than listening to the podcast, which is, again, obviously that no shade, no shade to anyone who cannot attend these events, you know, because some people just live in different areas. But, you know, you're able to break that wall because myself, as someone who listens to podcasts, I'm like laughing and screaming and like talking to them in my car alone. So, yeah, if I was in a room with the podcasters that, that I listen to, yeah, there's going to be this like sense of like excitement and like, you know, again, getting to participate in that conversation what are some podcasts that you just always have on repeat one that i really love is a podcast called the read and it is not paranormal related at all yeah <laughs> it's two people 
Crystal and Kid Fury, they are comedians, they're entertainers, and they basically review all things like black culture and pop culture. And of course, those things not intertwined, but they they cross over like constantly, right? And so I just I just like listening to them. I think they're so funny and I think they're super insightful too. And I've been listening to them. They're one of the first podcasts that I ever listened to. And I feel like they are like podcaster goals for me. They have found a way to make it like lucrative. And I mean, I don't know their finances, right? But I know that they, they're able to do like tons of ads and they've done huge live shows and they've sold out shows all across the world. Like they've toured internationally and they just hit their 10 year mark a couple months ago. So yeah, seeing them and their growth is like something that I aspire to. Another show that I listen to is of course, Wiki Horror. I love scary movies. I love, uh, so listening to Johnny and Eileen recap movies is so fun just the, the style that they do it in we've been guests on their show <laughs> but <laughs> i love them uh, They're yeah great. just i really enjoy <laughs> another one that i really like and it's it's purely just scary stories is it's a show called radio rental it's hosted by rain wilson popularly known or most known from the office and it's just it's people themselves telling their own scary stories and the way that that one is produced it is so well produced like the sound design i think in that one is amazing and again it's another thing that like i aspire to is to have like that kind of quality for for susto there's a whole list i can go through them but, <laughs> but i'm like i'll just leave, leave it at those three for now okay i'll have to check out that last one because i haven't checked that one out okay i'm gonna wake your as well i their faculty <laughs> episode was so good and they released it on christmas which was great because we do everything on the 24th so for el recalentado like i lounged around i had food i went to go visit some of my friends who don't have a whole lot of family close by so we could like kick it for a little bit and just socialize and since i had to drive a lot of the day i caught that episode in between i'm like oh you beautiful sweet angels and that was so good good. (laughs) such a good one If you're not familiar with Glamorous Trash, I highly recommend that. So it started with her analyzing celebrity memoirs, specifically women's memoirs. And now she kind of like, she kind of like has transitioned. I'm still going to do that. And like the fact that these are even considered trash by society says a lot about society and like women's stories and whatnot. But she also talks about like different like pop culture things. And she's really great. Her takes on things. Her name is Chelsea Devantes. She's awesome. And then... In addition to that, I love Leyendas Legendarias. Do you listen? So here's the thing. I am, as as the, as the people say now, I'm bien pocho. Okay. Um, and, I'm, and I'm learning. And I know one of the best ways is to, like, consume content that is in the language that you're trying to learn. So, um, yeah, I'll put them on. I will not understand everything. <laughs> but, again, their career is, like, it's so impressive. And, so, yeah, they are, they are also a show that I look to for, like, inspiration and to like keep pushing and keep going. Oh my God, El um, Elba Diablo, uh, Antonio, he always pl- posts like goth thirst traps. I'm like, yes, I love this. Muy chulo, chulo, oh chulo. God. So I'm like, I'm super about it. The girl likes the boys, but I've really enjoyed seeing that. Why is it so weird to think that Latin people like scary stuff? Like we love it, you know, and it is cool. Yeah, I feel like it's so inherent in our culture. <laughs> truly, truly. Like, I, I feel like um, 
when people don't realize that we just love this kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, you don't have a whole lot of Latinos in your life. It's cool. But, oh, my God. Yeah, that's how you can tell. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been such a lovely conversation. Where can everyone find you, keep up with you, and, and you know, just see what you're doing in the world? For sure. I mean, you can follow me online. It's at Susto Podcast on every single platform. I Anything that I have going on with the show, I, I will update it on, on the socials. People can also visit sustopodcast.com. I also accept people's stories if they want to send them in. Oh my God. I'm just so glad that we finally got this going because this was truly a labor of love, but we made it happen. Um, Thank you so much, Aiden, for being on the show and, you know, just truly being here. And everyone, if you want to support, all of the links to do that are going to be in the show notes. Submit a story, suggest a fun cocktail. Like, I feel like you'd be open to that, you know, like. He's open. But thank you for listening. Have a good one, y'all. Bye. Bye. All right. That was the episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. All the ways that you can support Adrian and Susto are in the show notes. Please go through the Susto catalog. There are some really amazing episodes. You know, I think that we don't talk enough about that. If you are Latin, Latinx, Mexican, you are hella fucking spooky because our ancestors not only were more tied to their ancestors, but they also saw a lot of brutal murder and genocide and violence of all different types. You know, that trauma makes you more in touch to the paranormal because you've seen like, and this is my theory on it, I think you've seen like the most depraved levels of humanity And I think that that, for whatever reason, allows you to see the world a little bit more clearly because you can see all of it, you know? It's kind of like children. Like, children have a blank slate, right? And so, therefore, they can see everything. And I feel like when you get to the other side, when your your plate is full and you've seen pretty much all of the horrible things that humanity can do to each other, therefore, you also gain the ability again. You know, when you are very connected to people and they pass, that connection stays really strong. I want to mention this. Uh, I know in Adrian's episode, we talked about the scary photo and uh, that was on my story. It's also now on my grid on Instagram. So you can see the photo. There's a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of faces. Those are the ones that stuck out to him. I'm going to circle the ones that stand out to me. And I think that... I'm not going to say which family, but uh, there are a lot of old, you know, family lines in Tequila, and that's where the photo was taken. And I do think that because I have connection to some of them, especially like the women involved in the tequila industry, I think that there are a lot of women um, spirits from the other side that really do help me and uplift me because I'm trying, you know? There's a woman that I want to mention. Um, Her name is Guadalupe Gallardo. And she lived across the street from my mom when she was a little girl. And uh, she lived in, it's La Quinta Sousa now, but it used to belong to Cuervo. And so she lived there. And eventually she left her house to, I believe it was a housekeeper. And that's how uh, Sousa got it. And then everything that was the factory and, and Cuervo went to her nephew, who is related to, I think it's Juan Beckman, who is now the, the owner. 
This is to say that most of the people who are from Tequila have a very long history connected to the roots, either growing agave or having a tequila factory or some type of aspect related to the town. And I was so thankful for Adrian in his episode, you know, we we kind of talked about some of the paranormal stuff. And you know, the paranormal is based on people, you know, the energies of people who existed. And uh, it's it's cool to be in a place where I know a lot more about the roots. And uh, I just both of these episodes have given me a lot to think about. And I'm so grateful for that. And Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I am excited for the next few episodes. We'll talk soon, y'all. Bye.